And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hensbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with a Big Hawk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hawk. Uh, excited to be back in the lab with my guy, Sleep Dog. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Tar Heels looking good. So, Sleep, let's, uh, let's get to it. Here we are. We're going to unpack the Heels. Heels coming off win against at BC. A pretty solid 10-point decisive win on the road. Uh, stayed close a lot of the way, but never really felt like uh, we were going to cough it up. That was after a win against uh, Louisville at home. Just Heels are just on a roll right now. Duke lost, State lost. But we've got Wake Forest coming up, so we're going to unpack all that sort of stuff. Wake Forest, surprisingly good team. We'll talk about why. Uh, kind of break down what's going on at ACC right now, what the outlook is for the heels. Uh, spoiler alert, it's very positive at this point. Uh, but we're going to talk about just how positive we should feel. And then, of course, we got the NFL playoffs going on. I think those two things are going to carry us all the way through. If they don't, might just have to ride with us on some rifting. Uh, we had the Ravens win yesterday. The 49ers won last night. Lions won this afternoon. I mean, I hope you're in high ground in Detroit. Um, old coach uh, – Hard knock. What I would I can't. Dan Campbell, man, he's probably crying a river by now. And then uh, as we're recording here, it's twenty Kansas City twenty Buffalo seventeen. About eight minutes to go in the third quarter. So we'll keep you updated on how that was going. As if you won't know the, time, the score by the time you're actually listening to this. But anyway, Tar Heels, dude, kicking ass, taking names, looked great against BC. I thought still one of those games where they haven't seemed to put like all of it together. Like it, you know, they've had a couple of those games. Like Syracuse, we were talking about last time was one of them. Uh, but I watched that, you know, throughout and, you know, we just kind of felt in control and it was a good, you know, we talked a couple of episodes ago about kind of winning ugly. And then this, in my opinion, was just a good example of, you know, just outperforming the team in front of us, you know, and, and even though the score, it would have indicated otherwise, I just never really felt like that game was in jeopardy. And I, I don't think we've felt like that in a long time, just that level of confidence as a fan base, as a team, uh, and taking care of business on the road. Again, we're four and in the ACC on the road. And now that Kansas is lost, probably number three, uh, when the poll comes out as, as we're listening, uh, this afternoon. So what are you thinking there, T what's going on with the, well, with the heels sleep. First of all, it's a very fluid situation with the rankings. Uh, you know, you lose a game season's over, you win a game, you're the champs. Uh, but, uh, I will say one thing I really like about this team. First of all, we're seven, zero in conference play. We lead the ACC and also we're the best defensive team in the conference. And let's harp on this team's success is going to be dictated uh, by how well they play defense the rest of the way out. And the positives from Boston, uh, I would say that this was an ugly game. Um, and uh, I don't think anyone had that good of a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Armando probably had actually a bad game, mm-hmm. but we still won. And I think it shows growth, especially uh, from this team, uh, the ability to get uh, road wins and also to get ugly wins when things aren't going our way. Uh, We still showed up and played defense. We never had a lead larger than 10. So it was constantly kind of close, but we always kind of kept it at a distance and controlled the game. I agree with you on that. Um, But, you know, it's uh, this team is continuing to get better. you know, when we look at the Louisville game, I thought 
Jalen Withers was a guy that came in and really played well. Of course, he was playing against his former team uh, where he transferred from last year from Louisville. That's where we got him in the portal from. And so uh, you knew he was going to be super pumped to play his former team. And he came out and did his thing. And I will say I, th- I still think Seth Trimble's come in off the bench and given us a lot of good basketball. I think he brings it defensively. Uh, I think his energy, the way he runs a court, uh, and the way he plays uh, you know, with the team, I-, I think he does a lot of great things. And uh, I think he's somebody that's an X factor, especially for our lack of depth, um, I would say, from last year and how much we had to rely on the main guys. It's good to have somebody off the bench uh, that can provide the relief and also give us good quality basketball. We've seen glimpses of Jalen Washington do it. Uh, I will say, like, he's improving and I don't think all Carolina fans, we see what he can do. I still, I still believe in him. I still think that there's a lot of growth and improvement he can do. And I think he can be a really good basketball player, Uh, but we'll see how he develops. Um, Defensively. I think he probably has to work a little bit uh, to get the confidence from the coaching staff to be able to guard ball screens and stuff like that. But I think he's another piece that could help us and evolve. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, we have a tough one. Believe it or not, Wake Forest has been a huge surprise in the ACC. They've surprised a lot of people. Uh, They lost some really good players last year. Steve Forbes, their head coach, went to the portal and got a lot of, you know, older players, smart players, and this team's playing really good basketball. They are second in the ACC right behind us. Uh, So you wouldn't have thought that, especially with Duke getting the preseason hype that they uh, seem to always get. Um, But, you know, here we are. Yeah, so Withers against Kentucky at 15 and 10. That's probably his best game of the season. He had a great game. Um, you know, we we kind of pulled away from that one late. And I think Louisville got within, you know, five or six at one point in the second half. And then we just, you know, ended up um putting that away. We were that yeah, that that was the one where we jumped out to a big halftime lead and just kind of cruised the rest of the way. So we were up 17 at half and uh, wound up winning by 16. And I'm just going back to the box score here from um, from Boston College because you're right. Um, and R.J. Davis, just, if he ain't on your player of the year watch list at this point, like I don't know who is. I mean, he's he's got to be, in my opinion, most important player uh, in the league, I mean, in the country. And, you know, Boston College played – Played a sound game. It was it was kind of an ugly game, but they didn't shoot the ball well, right? They shoot thirteen or seventeen percent from three. They only turned the ball over four times, right? So I feel like we, um, you know, they didn't give us many extra chances. We didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Uh, you know, you mentioned it specifically, Armando. I think he had two points in the first half. He uh, he he got it together in the second half and had a a pretty impactful uh, half. Finished ten and nine, you know, and he was in a little bit of foul trouble at one point, so he didn't get kind of the minutes that I think he generally does. So, but uh, Withers, Trimble gave good minutes off the bench and and you're right about uh, Jalen Washington. I just think it's only a matter of time for something clicks there. I think only thing missing, you know, from my eye test, which isn't very valuable in the grand scheme of things is, you know, just, just confidence, right? Just, just having a big game. And, and I think that's when, um, 
you might see him flip the switch and, and, and turn things around. Cormac Ryan and, and Harrison Ingram, to me, those guys are, are sort of like the, like, I don't know how to say, like the dual uh, MVPs, if you will, of the team, right? It's like if one of those guys isn't playing that great, it seems like the other guys fill in that role. And and so thus far, those two guys are, um, I mean, they're irreplaceable in the fabric of what we've got. It's like, you know, what we lost, we felt like with Brady Manick, I feel like we've got back with these guys. They can hit shots from the perimeter. Uh, they can guard. They're athletic. They're, you know, cerebral. They're high IQ guys. They understand the game and and, and how to play it. And, um, you know, particularly for me, I think Cormac Ryan is is really, really a vocal sort of demonstrative leader on the court. He's always hyping dudes up when they make a good play. Um, and it just seems like this team has, you know, the respect for one another. Again, visibly, right? The chemistry, yeah. we talked about this earlier. I don't think, they, they, look, everybody said last year that there was no chemistry issues, uh, like in terms of people being being cool with one another. I, for one, like actually believe that. And we talked about the difference between <laughs> being friends and then just like having on-court chemistry, right? And, yeah. and how everybody could be cool and you could just like not vibe on the court. And some reason that's what was happening last year. And I feel like this year those are – that's like a distant memory. I mean, I think yeah, these guys and sleep, are, are great. That's a really good point that you brought up. And, you know, at the, at the time we would say that maybe the chemistry wasn't bad. But now in where we're looking at and the way we're watching this team play, I always, I always say like a, an, an underrated aspect of sport is team spirit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't talk about that. And a lot of people don't even understand that when you have good team spirit and you guys pull for each other, you play hard, your body language is positive. Uh, but also Cormac Ryan is one of those guys mm -hmm. and it, it sounds, it sounds so cheesy, but it is so true. Uh, Cormac Ryan, also a veteran player, he's 25 sleep. Uh, so he, he's a, he's a good transfer old and old wins boy. now. Harrison Ingram's an old guy too. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you're, you're dead right. Those two to me, you know, I know they're starters, but they are the X factor in particular, Harrison Ingram. He's been doing big things oh, all year. I think Harrison Ingram is an NBA player. Like I think he could turn yeah. it. I mean, he's older, so maybe not. I don't know. But like, I feel like he's, I don't know how tall I'm just kind of spitballing on that. I don't know how off the top of my head, how tall he is. He's forward. Well, how tall is Harrison? Ingram? Well, sleep. I will say this. Um, his skill set. Six, seven. Can, it's two thirty five. I think it, so. His skill set translates mm -hmm. and uh, he can knock down the outside jump shot and he's a three point threat. Um, he, you see a, a lot of times where he'll uh, catch the ball in the mid post, back down, back down, ISO, and he'll create something. He can create his own shot, uh, which is a very difficult thing to do in basketball. Uh, you can put him in different situations, but he also allows the team. Uh, to go with different lineups. He's a guy that can guard a post player. He has the strength. He has the size. Uh, but also, he could play the three. And yeah. so, he, at times, you've seen UNC actually use him as a five-man. And then you'd have Cormac. Then you go Trimble, RJ. Um, and I'm not even sure. Let me, you know, you, you could have like those. Cadeau, maybe. Yeah, Cadeau. Yeah, that's who it is, Cadeau. You could go super small. Mm -hmm. And this is a versatile versatile roster and uh you know it's uh, it, it's uh it's an important thing because it also allows you to match up with different teams and different mm -hmm. styles if we need to and Those uh i i will say but we talked about it, this team's success is going to be dictated by their defense mm -hmm. um you know i think rj is a guy that can score i think harrison 
can get his own bucket. But outside of that, like, yes, we're playing faster. We're getting better shots. But we don't have, like, I, I just think that defense is the most important thing to this mm-hmm. team. And uh, I, I actually think they're a top five defensive team in the country right now. And we talked about it. After the UConn game, this team made a decision to play defense and lock teams down. And uh, it's been paying off for them. And that's turning in the transition buckets, you know, and that's that's yeah. the that's the type of, of of basketball that we're used to seeing. And I think Ingram and, and Ryan to get to come back and make one last point on those two guys, they have sort of this intangible nose for the ball. Like, I mean, I think Ingram is a forward, but he's a great rebounder. Um, in terms of like he's not a rebounder, right? He's 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 super athletic and seems to find those loose ball rebounds that are 50-50 balls. He winds up with those a lot. Cormac Ryan's kind of the same way. I mean, he's not really – he just seems – he's more or less of the, the 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 rebound X factor and more of like right place, right time kind of guy. And and you can really rely on him to shoot the ball um, from the perimeter a lot of games. He didn't do so hot against Boston College, but I think it was – maybe it was Louisville where he, he shot the ball better. So, you know, again, it's you – know, uh, Ingram had 11 and – 11 and 13 – Against Boston College, yeah, um, he he's been rebounding well, sleep. Yeah. yeah, so I just, um, you know, I think I think the team, and here's here's what I was pondering the other day, and and this is sort of the question, I guess, to uh, look the 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 product on the court is obvious. There's a reason why we've ascended into the national conversation. I still wonder whether we're fully respected, given that the teams ahead of us and around us, right, have have played so well and have fewer losses. And, you know, in UConn's example, we've lost to UConn. Um, but I think about this team and I wonder, I ask myself, is because this is the part that I think we haven't achieved yet. I'm not sure that the 17 national champion, because I think this team's a contender. So let me let me just preface that by saying, like, I'm not talking about, you know, we got a long way to go here. But we're definitely at this stage of the game. I think we're a bona fide contender. And I asked myself, I was like, when I'm watching these games, like Boston College game, like I felt like it was always in hand, right? But the difference between this team and and I think this team is more in common with the 17 team right now than it did with the you know 09 or um, 05 teams, right? And if we want to compare them to a championship team, and and, and the key element there is this. In 05 and 09, there was a, I don't want to say like, I hate the word swagger because it's overused, but there was a confidence in those teams where, and it seemed to to be, you know, from the coach to the players to the fan base on down. Like we went into a lot of games just knowing we were going to win. Like that, that, and there's a difference having that expect. We're not here to compete, dude. We're here to like, put the throttle down on teams, right? And so I feel like we this team hasn't achieved that level of confidence yet. But to the contrary, right, I think as a fan, this is almost exclusively from my perspective as a fan, um, you kind of can feel when a team is better, specifically a Carolina team, where you don't stress out watching the whole damn game every game. That's what I'm getting at here. It's like the BC game – even though it was close, wasn't super stressful, but it wasn't that way. Cause like when we watched Oh nine team, it was like, we could be down 10 and a half and we ain't really even worried about it. You know what I mean? You, you know, you could be coming off two straight losses. Like you guys did to start ACC play. 
And we weren't really worried about that, you know, cause I started asking myself, I was like, all right, let's say we, let's say we drop a game and then, and then we, you know, drop a tough game and then drop a, drop a game that we maybe shouldn't. How does that affect the team? Right. And that's the one thing I think, you know, still remains to be seen is, um, you know, this, this doesn't just seem like a team that's just going to go out and run the table. Um, that doesn't mean we can't, can't, it doesn't mean we can't win a championship. doesn't mean I'll get proven wrong. What I'm trying to say is, is like, I still feel like there is a level of a next level that we could get to and achieve and, and become like a team that is really like that people are afraid of. And I'm not sure that we're there yet. If any of that shit I just said makes sense. Congratulations. No, it does make sense. And uh, to, to me, when I look across the basketball landscape right now, um, I, I really don't think I would say UConn and mm-hmm. Purdue, those two right there, mm-hmm. they have separated themselves from the pack. And before this weekend, I'd actually say Kansas is in that category, mm-hmm. but they just lost at West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, and they've, they've had some shaky wins. They mm-hmm. haven't looked great as of lately. Um, they have some really good players. They don't have a bench. Um, and they lacked outside, they lack outside shooting. But to me, I think UConn is one, Purdue is two. And I think then it's everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think UNC falls at the top, top of that category. Mm-hmm. And we saw when we played UConn, uh, UConn's just playing at a different level right now. And they have talent. They have older guys. They're well coached. Uh, they run a very difficult, sophisticated offense that requires teams to guard them for the full shot clock, which wears teams down. And also they've maintained uh, a high level of basketball uh, as guys have been injured and in and out of the lineup, which is very impressive. Uh, And, you know, it shows that they have depth and also they have guys that can step in, plug and play Mm -hmm. when they need them which is uh, very impressive. But Purdue, Purdue right now, they have the best player in college basketball in Zach Eady, and he's having an unbelievable season again, just dominating. And uh, there's nobody that can really contain him. And he takes Purdue to that extra level. And uh, the improvement of their guards, Fletcher Lawyer, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, or they have really improved since last year. They were suspect and made Purdue vulnerable when they got pressured, but those guys have really improved and they've got another year experienced. Uh, so those two teams are the best teams in college right now. And I would say UNC uh, falls in the top of, you know, the teams outside those two teams and, you know, I, and they can get to a final, we can get to the final four mm-hmm. and you got to peak at the right time. And, you know, you got to get through the season healthy. We can't be limping into the tournament. And uh, we got to keep playing defense, uh, Mm -hmm. like I said. And also, we got to keep running. We're doing very Mm -hmm. well running. And Sleep, you said it, and and you brought this point up, actually. You said we're getting a lot of fast-break points out of our defense. Sometimes your best offense is your best defense. When you turn teams over and you make them make turnovers, it leads to easy buckets on the other end. You get layups, fast break points. That's a great point. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I like the direction this team's heading, and I agree. There's still a lot of improvement, some guys that can step up and 
play at another level and give us an extra boost. So this team isn't done yet. We're still growing, and we're going to get better and better as the season goes on. And I think that's the exciting part, right? And that's you, oh, yeah. you, you stated it well is that, you know, there's a couple teams that are playing great basketball and they've separated themselves. That's, that's essentially what I was trying to say in that diatribe there. And I think that's the exciting part for Carolina fans because if you have, you know, three, four, five games where Mondo's on, you know, RJ's on, mm-hmm. Mac, Cormac Ryan and Harrison, um, Ingram are on like a few of these guys all together. I think, I think Cadeau. His best days are still ahead of him. Oh, you know, hundred percent. And so I feel like if some of these guys come into their own, and then if you start seeing a guy like Jalen Washington ride that wave, I mean, now all of a sudden, look, mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, short of like the Syracuse game, right? I'm saying put several of those in a row, and now all of a sudden this conversation totally changes. You know, yep. now we are the team that everybody expected us to be last year, which is you know, dominant. And, yep. um, and I think that that's definitely achievable for this team. I think we're still very early in, in understanding what that is. And you mentioned it like March is what matters. Right. And I uh-huh. think, you know, when you go through hell, I don't even remember if the 05 team won the ACC championship, but like, I mean, in 09, like that was an expectation. I mean, everybody just, you guys won the ACC in, in 09, nope, right? We sure when did not. Was, yeah. We lost, we lost to right. Florida State in the second game or some, or the third game. Okay. But yeah, in sleep, I, I want to make this point before I forget it. Those two teams that have separated themselves, they have odd losses. They can lose to anybody, too. Mm-hmm. It just shows you that the best teams are vulnerable. Sure. Uh, UConn walked into Seton Hall and got smacked. Uh, then Purdue goes on the road. They lose to Northwestern. Then they lose to they lose at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Everybody's beatable. And yeah. the college basketball landscape, there's a lot of parity and a lot of teams. You know, everybody's beatable. Before we transition forward, we didn't talk about this in our pregame. But, dude, you broadcasted the game uh, mm-hmm. on the 17th, man. Tell us about that experience. I didn't get to, like, watch or listen to it because, uh, honestly, I forgot you were doing it. Well, and I watched it on TV. But, <laughs> I mean, dude, Sleep Hawk worldwide, nationwide. I mean, that Sleep, was, well, Chapel Hill wide. It's uh- – I, I enjoyed working the game. I really did. And I love being in the Smith Center to watch a game. Uh, it just keeps me around, and uh, I, I can feel the energy, and I love doing it. I love breaking the game down sometimes. But uh, you, need to, you need to listen. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm going back on Monday night. So when Hell this pops yeah. up, yo, get your headset. Pull, you know, pull me up. Listen to me and Jones. Uh, you know, some people thought our performance last game was, you know, we could get a Grammy for that. So we'll see. <laughs> do you get Grammys for the radio? I think it's a Tony. No, I, I did listen to some of the calls, like the highlight calls. I mean, I thought you did a great job, dude. You've come a long way since that first one where you, uh, when Tyler was texting me, it was like, there was one situation, the very first one you did. And we had just oh, started yeah. doing the podcast and the Darn guy COVID. said something. Yeah. And it was kind of like everybody that was listening knew Tyler was supposed to say something. And I don't know if he was just staring off in the stands or what. And then, in the second at halftime, he's like, "Man, I just need some coffee." He has some coffee and just flip the switch in the second half, dude. It was great. No, I'll definitely listen. I think there's a way tomorrow night or tonight, I guess, as you're listening, right? The Wake Forest game. You calling that one? Yep, tomorrow. Hell night. Yeah. Wait, yeah, let's go. Well, if Jones Angel comes down with a cold or something, dude, just oh, you know, I'd love it. You know who to call? No, oh, dude, guys, get God, us that's got to be on our bucket list, yeah. right? The Sleephawk get us syndication. On. Good grief! <laughs> That'll be the last time I get invited. I bet so. um, 
No, that's great, man. I can't wait to, and there is a way somehow I got to look it up. Somebody, somebody send us a DM if it, if they already figured it out, but there's some sort of app I think you can get on and you can sync it up. And basically like as soon as the ball goes up, you can just listen to you guys on the radio while you're watching the game. Cause of course, like basketball, it's like, you don't need their, you don't need perfect timing, right? Because you're not going to say, Oh, such and such is a three. Like as long as you say it after that, then we should be good. So I'm going to try to figure out how to sync that thing up. Cause I don't even, I don't even want to go to the game now. I was thinking about going, but I don't want to go. It's a big hawk. Um, all right, man. Anyway, NFL playoffs getting wild. The AFC was it? A, uh, NFC championship is already set. Uh, Niners lions. We missed last week. I don't even know why. Uh, missed the whole getting to just throw shade on the Cowboys. I think they've seen enough. It will be interesting to see who's coaching them next year. Oh, well, McCarthy's still there. Um, can't believe, can't believe they didn't fire that guy. Uh, and then as we're as we're watching right now, the Bills and and Chiefs sure does look like a good one that's going to come down to the wire. But anyway, I don't even remember who the hell we picked. But I know Big Hawk picked the 49ers. Pretty sure Sleep Dog picked the 49ers. Uh, Ravens look, dude, that looks like the Super Bowl is Ravens 49ers at this point. Uh, Lamar Jackson is amazing. They didn't want to pay that guy. Lions game day. This is the one I've been waiting to talk to you about, though. I really thought that the Lions look pretty good. I mean, granted, they're playing Tampa. And, I mean, they played the Rams. They hadn't really even played anybody yet. But, dude. Their fan base, are they going to have to go on the road to play play the Niners, though? Yeah. Ain't, no, ain't no way in hell. Sleep dog, listen. Detroit, you're done. <laughs> you're going to the Niners. You're going to get railroaded, period. You, your season's over. Oh, and uh, golly. Oh. Hey, did anybody expect the Bucks to be where they were this year? Did anybody expect Baker to do anything? Like I respect him, man. He he balled like out, Baker but Mayfield. at the end of the day, he was Baker. He threw an interception. Yep. Awesome the game. Bad right? one too. Mm-hmm. You can't, oh, man. You need like a Brady or a, a Manning in that situation. I, I'm not sure Baker's the, the guy for the. Yeah, when I, mean, I was like, oh, we're gonna see Baker Mayfield, you know, lead the charge down the field. I would have thought it was great. I, I noticed one dude that's a that's a Lions fan and. He is also the guy that just like sends out diatribes in the fantasy basketball league about every little thing that doesn't go his way. So I was kind of like pulling against him, but I kind of like him too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Lions are hard not to root for, in my opinion. I mean, they I root against them. I hate them. <laughs> they want it forever. I hate the dude. coach. I mean, you're, godly, you're a savage, dude. I mean, you like, you like, uh, you like getting mad at a Christmas movie when I, I'm not I mean, buying it sleep. I'm not buying like how many times can you cry? How many times like oh the team's taking on the personality of the coach. I mean give the give the players a little credit. Good guy. I mean yeah players are out there just like in an absolute Dude. dog fight. And they're over here saying damn. like ah oh, the coach damn camp man look what coach is tearing up fourth convert a fourth down you look over there on the sideline Dan what's his name? He's just tearing up over there. <laughs> He's just so sad. He needs to tell somebody about it. He's gonna be in it, dude. What's gonna happen? His lines are going to win the. What the hell is his name? Dan Campbell. They're gonna win. Yeah. A, they're gonna win the Super Bowl and they'll make a, a Disney movie about it, dude. Hey, um, also, uh, <laughs> one, I saw one of the worst questions 
in. Oh, dude. Oh, I know where you're dude. going. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, the Bucks head coach, whoever the hell he is, uh, and it's probably going to be somebody very recognizable and a huge name. Is but, it Bowles? Yeah, Todd Bowles, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> reporter asked him uh, before they went to Detroit, is he concerned about the weather and how his team's going to perform uh, when it's going to be like 14 degrees out? And uh, his response was so comical. He said, you know we play inside, right? You know we play in a dome, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, oh, the man. way he handled it was great, dude. He was just like, he didn't, you know, there's a lot of coaches that would have cut the reporter down, just, you know, and just really talked down to him. And I felt like he was just like, maybe he was just so flabbergasted that she actually asked that, that he couldn't think. He was like, man, there's no way. Yeah. Um, he said, <laughs> he said, well, we're only going to be outside for about uh, 30 seconds. when We walk off the bus and into the stadium. So I think we'll be OK. Uh, it was just comical. I mean, it, how in the hell that lady still got a job? I'm not sure. I felt it, bad. I felt bad for her. That I, just I did, seems like some brain fart shit, you know. You know, we've all asked some dumb questions, and when you're like, "Oh yeah," but good God, yeah, I she asked a dumb ass question one time um, in the in that ACC championship, man, in Tampa. I think it was uh, you had the face mask on, and Brandon Wright had. I remember he went like 10 of 12 and had like eight dunks. And the reason why, and my question was, that was like my story I was going to write for the DTH. And in the post game, coach Williams is up there. And I said, and you, you didn't have like necessarily that game, like any great stat line, but you kept getting like double and triple teamed and you were just dumping the ball off to Brandon Wright all night. Like he's just like wide open dunks. And the dude's like, Seven two with a forty nine foot wingspan. I mean, I mean, you're gonna leave him open in the paint. He's just gonna dunk all yeah. day long. And uh, I asked Coach Williams in the post game. I say, Hey, Coach, like Tyler was ten of twelve with eight dunks, and you know, I just sub- substituted your name for his. Yeah. And he said <laughs> something along the lines of, He says, Son, what game were you watching? Because he looks at the box score. He said, He's Tyler's just. <laughs> Tyler played like crap or so I don't remember. I'm like making up some of this, right? But uh, but I damn sure I was like, oh man, I'm sorry, I got the you know name wrong. And they hated answering our questions at the DTH because they knew we were dipshits. Um sad part is is everybody else there was actually usually pretty smart except me. But yeah, so I mean I, I felt bad for it. Probably just a total brain freeze. I mean, I doubt she just like rolled up in off the street and you know, because the, the weather was such a big like national story that she probably just forgot, but she looked like a absolute moron. That shit was all over social media. Um, so the Ravens, you know, I was big on CJ Stroud. I thought, you know, I thought they were, um, damn, this chiefs game is crazy, man. They're going back and forth. Chiefs are about to, chiefs are about to pull off his W. I called them, uh, pretenders. Uh, looks like I was wrong. So the, the Ravens, you know, just, did what they did. I mean, Mar Jackson had four touchdowns. Um, Niners had to Niners had to scratch it out, man. I was surprised by that. I didn't feel like they were uh, all that sharp. Uh, you think? Um, <laughs> good God, they look pretty bad and uh, pretty bad. Hey, they got it, man. They had that big break, so they knew they were going to come out a little rusty. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I still think they got it in them. I think they're going to win it, but uh, they, it, it, it's, you know, it's not a beauty pageant sometimes. So, buddy, I think honestly, what might have just happened is the Kansas City Chiefs might just fumble the ball over the goal line and out of bounds as we're watching this. That's a, that goes to the Bills, right? Yeah, it does. Boy, they're going to review that one. But hey, sleep also for me is a kicker for the Packers. Oof. Wow. Did you see his stats in college? Uh, I, uh, he was a shit kicker and got drafted. He wasn't good in college. Wow. I, I was shocked by how, by how good the Packers were playing. Dude, Aaron, Jordan Love is good, dude. Dude, you hyped him up, and I was like, dude, I'm not I'm buying you. it. I'm, I'm Romeo not Dobbs is good. Uh, that Reed guy they've got is good. Um, that, you know, Aaron, Aaron Jones, dude, that's a fumble. They're going to call that out. Of, they're going to call that fumble. Buffalo's going to get the ball, and that that's going to come back to haunt him. Let's see if he's down. Oh, dude, that's close. That's a fumble. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, everybody's gonna be talking about this this play right here that just happened live. Everybody's gonna be talking about it tomorrow. You guys will already know that it's a fumble, but I'm telling you live that it is. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of bummed out because I, I mean, as a as a Commanders fan, which by the way, I read a report today that seemed pretty convincing. They they pretty much think the Commanders are gonna take Drake May, and I am, dude. That's my dream come true. I've called that for a long time. Are you breaking a story right now? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Matthew, if you could add like a breaking news, a little soundbite right here, just just your best like news, breaking news, that'd be great because I think I might be Big Hawk. You just got to say sources. Sources. The Washington Commanders are rumored, according to sources, Sleep Hawk Worldwide sources, to be... Going for Drake May, number two pick. Um, you heard it here first. That's according to sources. Um, you know, close to the close to the organization, uh, as well as on the internet. <laughs> um, and uh, dude, if if guys, I think the best thing for Sleep Hawk Worldwide, if you guys want to like, because because I don't see the Carolina football program sort of. I don't see Drake May walking through that door again anytime soon, is all I'm saying in Carolina. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep um, you know, you want to keep that train rolling, you stick here with Sleephawk Roll by because if Drake May gets drafted by the Washington Commanders with their whole new regime, dude, I mean, you're gonna hear a lot of Drake May coverage on here. I am dying for that to happen. I will be, Oh, I can't wait for the commanders coverage. Oh on boy. Sleephawk Roll. Oh, they were talking about maybe even electrifying. Moving up. They were talking about maybe even moving up. But I think you've heard me say this. I think Drake May's better than Caleb Williams. We both think that. And so let the Bears take Caleb Williams. Let somebody else trade the Bears for that pig, take Caleb Williams. We want Drake May. I don't want Drake May going to the commanders. Well, because they're going to mess it. Like the commanders aren't like the. I, I want what's best for. I, I get it, sleek dog. I get it. Dude, I he could it. save an entire organization, man. He could, but let's be honest. The commanders, I I don't know, man. I, Dude, nobody cared about the Chiefs till Pat Mahomes showed up. Yeah. Nobody cared about the Colts till Peyton Manning showed up. I mean, 
Patriots were all right, but the Patriots weren't the Patriots until Tom Brady showed up. Well, I, I mean, I mean, Drake May might, best, might win five or six Super Bowls in Washington. Who's the best all-time quarterback ever for Washington? Uh, probably Joe Theismann or Sonny Jurgensen. Yeah, <laughs> the dust off the history books. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it, buddy. And I mean, they ain't had, they've had some bad ones, that's for sure. Uh, the whole RG three John Gruden thing is really weird too. Yeah, it is um, weird. Anyway, I just I don't like either one of those guys. Uh, <laughs> RG three was like he's just the worst commentator. He says some wild shit. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if this if this fumble is going to happen. Good God, they still haven't figured that out. No, they gave it to him. Buffalo ball. I'm telling you guys, that is the it's the right call. It was the right call. That is the worst rule in the history of sports. Like if a dude fumbles the ball at the goal line, nobody recovers it, and it just happens to go out of bounds past the pylon. Now the other team gets to the twenty yard line. I don't understand that rule at all. You can one person that can make that make sense to me. Get a free t shirt. Well, uh, everybody would be fumbling the ball as they're getting tackled if the game clock's running out and it went in the end zone for a touch. What would you? What would? You, what would be your correction to that? Wow, dude, that's that's clairvoyant, dude. I never really thought about that tactic. I mean, maybe well, that I, that's point, what I'm thinking. I'm maybe like, at that what? point you keep the ball, but you just like have a you know like a penalty, a 10 second runoff, 10 second runoff. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it's like intentional, right, intentional grounding and loss of down. But then of course, right, you can't determine necessarily if it was a uh, if you did it on purpose. If you fumbled yeah, I mean, it on purpose. These guys can make a, a fumble look like a yeah, that's an true. Accident. Well, that's what I'm saying is it can make it look like an accident, but then it's hard to police. Mm-hmm. I oh shit! I'm dropping my stuff, guys. Um, got a little too froggy in here. Anyway, well, well, fam, playoffs and there's a lot of basketball stuff going on. We're giving you a break from all that. Um, still an NBA action. Yeah, that guys. February eighth trade deadline. Um, awful situation in Golden State where their assistant coach. Uh, died suddenly and they've canceled two Warriors games. They don't play again until Wednesday. So you won't hear me say much about Jonathan Kaminga for this episode to save you, save it for another one. He might be on another team by then. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's getting down to crunch time in the NBA. So expect more of that coverage, especially as the NFL runs out here. Um, buy your crab cakes, get them, push them straight to your door, buy a t-shirt, wear a t-shirt while you eat crab cakes. And then, um, then if you spill uh, that butter on that drawn butter, will stain. So you just had to buy another one. Um, boy, we're reaching here, Big Hawk. This, <laughs> this is a struggle getting through here. On the, there's so much sports going on, but so little, so little thought behind it from Sleep Hawk Worldwide. <laughs> you got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe, oh, God. For love, of God, stay safe, guys. Stay safe out there. Mm-hmm.